0: Leafs Nation post game here, Brent Cunningham and Gord Stellick, alongside me here to walk you through a Leafs 2-1 overtime loss to the New York Rangers. Gord, obviously not the final result they wanted, but uh, there was definitely a lot of positive play to take for the Leafs tonight.
1: Well, it really was, it's one of those games that goaltending would make a difference. Jack Campbell played really well for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but Igor Shesterkin right? You outshoot shoot them by margin of pretty well 2-1. to one. Uh, later, though, I will say Campbell came up big. And how about Brent? Everybody loves overtime. I mean, the absurdity <laughs> of the scoring chances. I think I don't think Austin Matthews will sleep tonight. Uh, that particular opportunity he couldn't put the second chance in. And then seventy-seven percent, the Maple Leafs were killing them in face-offs. And of course, wouldn't you know what? The goal is from a face-off loss and kind of an innocent-looking, sloppy play that goes in after the great end-to-end action.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned the overtime there. That is is so true. It started off kind of a little slow, the feeling out process. Let me get into the offensive zone. I don't like how this looks. Let me walk it back to the blue line. Pierre Engvall would have been right at home, skating back to his own net in that overtime for the first minute and a half anyways. But then once the game opened, up. I think it was that that one long stretch pass the lease made while well, the Rangers were changing that really, really just kind of changed the tenor of that overtime. But you nailed it there. They take care of business in the face-off circle except when they need to. And, you know, on that specific play, on that specific goal, you're not going to win every single draw. But it's so many times for the last, I don't know, handful of seasons, we've been having conversations about this team where you do so many good things all throughout the game. And then it is the mistake you make at the end that costs you. Again, you, you walk away with the point. It, it's far from detrimental, but I mean, we go back to the mistakes at the end of periods, and it just feels like this team is still somewhat learning how to kind of, you know, quote unquote, close out games.
1: Yeah, and really, the bigger picture about—I I thought last year they learned to close out games more in the regular season. That was a good habit. Uh, we didn't see it tonight for them, but uh, I you—you you, you look one goal per game. You're not going to win a ton of games, but tonight you had all kinds of scoring chances. So we're four games in. You know, Marner and Tavares, it's just a matter of time. Austin Matthews, boy, he looked exhausted at the end. That's what they talk about when you're not in game shape. Uh, It just is a subtle little thing. But, boy, it was great to see him back in the lineup. So, you know, those big guns are going to get going at some point. But uh, um, great offense, just weren't able to finish, weren't able to get goals. Again, the power play, again, all these other things that you hope get back on track.
0: Yeah, the power play, it looked like it was at least getting back on track at, at early on. You know, I thought the first couple of power plays really showed just. I'm, and again, goes without saying, Austin Matthews back in the fold, and all of a sudden the power play looks more dangerous. I did think there was some of that kind of passive nature kind of leaking into the power play specifically the third one again though you I, I thought there was a lot of positive to build from you know it's it's no accident that the top six looks a lot better when Austin Matthews is back in it and you know Alex Kerfoot I even thought it was a much stronger game from him tonight kind of put into what is a more normal role on the team for him where he's not playing that second line center again Matthews is back and everyone just slots in so much more naturally where they should be on this team Well, you talk about
1: uh, a finalist for the Hart Trophy. I mean, that's unparalleled for the Toronto Maple Leafs for decades and decades. The Rocket Richard Trophy winner, most goals. Again, you know, these kind of things that you look at Toronto Maple Leaf history, and it's a long, long time ago. Somebody kind of reached that rarefied air. So great having them back. And, you know, Brent, we're talking about a game where you had to be happy with the effort. So you're not fully happy with the result. There is that loser point or whatever you want to call it that they get consolation point whatever you want to call it but uh you can't you really there's not a lot you can complain about effort-wise and offense-wise they just didn't finish and Igor Shosturkin's an interesting case, isn't he? You remember his winning percentage going back to Russia, what was something like 900, right? He was just, I think when he played nope. four-year-old hockey at whatever the mighty might level, like he won 90% of his games and then he was winning in the American Hockey League, an incredible run, and then at the NHL when he started, it seemed any time he was in goal, the New York Rangers won.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, we'll we'll even you know carry it to other New York Rangers goalies. They talked about it a little bit on the broadcast tonight. Alex Gorgiev, there, he had a couple of huge, huge performances against this team. Obviously, not last year because uh, you know we didn't play any American teams in, in the North Division. But now you've got this this goaltending duo, and again, you know, it goes back to Forsberg's performance from Ottawa. We had all of these moments last year where you're watching this team and you're saying, "How is every other goaltender?" And this. This is not a knock on Jack Campbell by any means. He came up huge when they needed him to tonight. But it just seems like and maybe Gord, maybe this is just part of having a team with a ton of offensive py- firepower. It seems like every single goalie seems to have their best night against the Leafs other than those games where, you know, they're the Leafs are putting up 5-6. But it seems to me like it's either feast or famine for this offense right now.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. They have not put up 5 or 6 yet. So they're a high-powered offensive team and the goaltending's been pretty good against them. Now, the Rangers brings up a point I keep talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you got E you have Georgiev as well. And I know they're not guys developed through say junior hockey or NCAA hockey, came from uh, overseas, but young goaltenders, right? They got young goaltenders mm-hmm. coming up, so Hendrik Lundqvist moves on and they've got a couple of guys to replace him. And this is, you know, where we talk about the Leafs having to use the University of Toronto goaltender what in the third game of the season about, you know, where is that goaltender they've drafted that's on the verge
0: yeah, they have, and that, that you you make a great point there that we th- we think so much when we're talking about this team with the pipeline of forward talent. Where are the defensemen coming from? Is anybody going to join Nick Robertson from the Marlies on this team one day? But the goaltending pipeline, it's not to say that you need to develop you know, a Shosturkin or a Gorgiev, although you'd gladly take it, you'd gladly sign up for that, but you just need those guys to be able to fill in as your backup guy or maybe be the low-cost backup that could potentially be a guy who's a one B type for the future. You you talked about that a bunch, and I think it's I think it's a really really good point. You know, we talked about Matthews a little bit. I think it just I just need to dial back onto him. You know, we all know what it's like to watch that guy play. Have him in the lineup. But he's just so special of an offensive player. It took half a shift for for you to just see it, to remember it. The life in his legs, the life when he shoots the puck. There are a lot of talented players in this league. There are a lot of talented players on this team. But seeing that guy tonight, it was just such a great reminder, a, a, a perfect picture of just how special he can be without even getting the goal.
1: You know, Brent, there was a, a quirky stat as rookie year, which, of course, he won the Calder Trophy as Rookie of the Year. You think of that year, him, Marner, and Nylander were all rookies of the month. The only time an NHL team has had three different players be the Rookie of the Month in the same season. I mean, wow, pretty heady times. But So he played every game, and he had at least one shot on goal all 82 games, and actually through the playoffs against the Washington Capitals, he did as well. So the next year, I can remember when he missed a game, and I was going to then Air Canada Center, now Scotiabank Arena. And I was saying, you know what? I'm really bummed. I've never been this <laughs> bummed going to a Toronto Maple Leaf game. And I've seen some great players play, but never been that bummed knowing a player was not going to be in the lineup as I felt that time when Austin Matthews wasn't. And I still feel that all the, all the years later. I mean, he is, he is that guy. He is, he is that superstar player. Superstar is a term that's overused too often. He's the real deal.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of stars in a lot of sports that get called superstars, but he absolutely is one. You know, what do you, now, we've talked so much about, you know, how the top six is going to look and where does Nick Ritchie slot in and what's the best mix there. You know, it's one game. I, I would expect Sheldon Keefe sees a little more time with this before he goes away from it. But what did you make of Nick Ritchie's first look with the real first line? Uh, I thought I thought it was better.
1: I thought it was better. I j- I just think everybody had their game up, you know, better. I think uh, I think a lot of people have been a little bit quick to get that. Well, that's the peril. We all know that. That's th- any any sport when you start the season, the first what four, five, six, seven games, team and his individuals are way, way, way over scrutinized. So yeah, his first three games uh, he has to bring it to a different level. He, he hadn't fit in, and now you're Seymour. If everybody's healthy what you're going to get in the first two lines. So I, I, I thought it was uh, a better game for Nick Rich.
0: Yeah, I, I still go back to, to wondering how natural the fit is there, although the guy I've been clamoring to give his spot to, Michael Bunting, has looked perfectly at home, especially with, with Nylander and Tavares there. So I, th- I I wouldn't want to split that up, and I just think given the other options up there, you're probably going to see Richie get at least a couple more, or you know, a, a, another week or so, if not more time than that, for a crack. Although the thing with Sheldon Key, Keefe is, well, the, th- the thing with Sheldon Keefe is is that he's so unafraid to experiment. I was a little surprised you weren't seeing other guys get looks with that. I know they were at one point went with Matthews with Nylander and Tavares, but, you know, Alex Kerfoot, I thought, had a pretty strong game tonight. And I wouldn't have minded seeing him get a look, you know, occasionally up there with, with Matthews and Marner.
1: Yeah, and you know you're, you're distant—I got to give your distant family relative Michael Bunting all kinds of credit because you know <laughs> as much as we talk about it's unfair, you know, for Nick Ritchie or whomever to after just whatever four games to make uh, a an indelible mark. Give Bunting credit—he's done it. He's done it. I mean, you know, who knows? There's still seventy-eight games to go. So there's a lot more there. But Kerfoot's an interesting guy. I, I have uh, always liked him. He just, you know, like he came with Tyson Berry, and we know what happened with Tyson Berry in the end of the Mike Babcock era. And then, you know, then part of it's on Tyson Berry as well. He just couldn't couldn't get that. You know, it looked like he was going to kill it. He was going to score tons of power play points. He was going to get a Dougie Hamilton-type free agent contract, and we know what happened. And I think, to a degree, same thing with Kerfoot. Because year after year, I mean, going back to that year, what just that I mentioned before, the three different Leafs for rookie of the month's. It'd been a pretty nice place to play in the regular season, and it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, Jason Spatza, Babcock tried to embarrass him the first game, and, you know, in Kerfoot's case, in a lot of ways, just never really got off on the foot, uh, uh, you know, that we thought. So I, I, real skilled player, got all kinds of speed, so I'm with you. He had a real strong game tonight, Brett.
0: Yeah, and they used him in that kind of third line checking role. I think that you know, as long as Ilya Makhayev's out, and that's going to be a while, you're going to see Sheldon Key fluctuating with that left side. I mean, we all know Cash and Camp; they're kind of tied at the hip. As long as Cash in the lineup, he's going to be slotted alongside Camp. It does it does feel to me like that's the kind of you know promotion job up for grabs in the bottom six there. But you know, I thought I just thought all all four of the lines handled themselves pretty well tonight. You know, I think given given what you expect from a first line with Matthews and Marner on it, obviously you know they didn't produce so underwhelming a little, but I thought they created a lot of good things. We talked about the bunting line. I, I'll leave that one alone for, for now. We just talked about the camp line. They always give you really quality minutes. and then I thought the Spezza and, and, and Simmons line was really strong tonight as well. It's just, it just was a, it was one of those nights and you can't have this every night, but it just felt like every line was giving you something.
1: Yeah, nice balanced attack. You're right about that, Brent. Nice balanced attack tonight, and yeah, like man, you just see the talent on Marner and Matthews, and, and how about in overtime, Nylander as well? I mean, just in general, he did it. Uh, I gotta say, that was a great defensive play during regulation time That's you know some fans thought should have been a penalty for sure, maybe even a penalty shot, but a penalty. It looked like Nylander had a breakaway, but the D made a nice play inhibiting him without without taking a penalty and then then in overtime he almost had like a highlight real goal as well so I just love it those guys were flying they just weren't able to you know finish it the biggest reason was because of Igor Shosturkin but it really it really gave you a taste of uh what very few teams have up front that kind of talent
0: Hmm. I didn't know uh, your nickname for me was some fans because I may or may not have been texting our producer, Sam McKee. How is that not a penalty shot? Look at what they called on Tavares in Ottawa the other night. And I agree with you. It, it, you know, that was my blush reaction. But when I actually get a look at the play, you're allowed to stick check players. But this is going to be a thing. And we're going to have this conversation all year long. I try not to have it much. of. I, I try not to lean on this as a conversation topic. But the inconsistency with the officiating, it's not even so much an egregious call here or a really bad call there it's just there seems to be no rhyme or rule I mean Marner got hauled down right near right near the front of the net when right right near the front of the net near the tail end of the game no call okay I'm actually okay with that I don't want the whistle being blown 50 times a game but it just seems like there is really no rhyme or reason to what does and doesn't get called
1: yeah, you know, and they haven't re- They have not redone the whole rule book. They've added um, more of a crackdown on cross checking, which really hasn't been the issue. It's been more of those kind of plays that you're talking about. Jake Muzzin's was not was a was was a good penalty call late in the game against Artemi Panarin. But yeah, I I, I agree with you again because it's been so few games, and it just seems that there have been more, there have been a disproportionate number of those kind of questionable scratch your headers. I, I mean, there was a w- one game in particular, I think has kind of set the template because it just, it just made no sense. It just made no sense. And then every other, every other game, there's probably been one or two that, that have left us scratching our heads.
0: Yeah, definitely. and And again, like, I don't I'm not sitting here saying every referee should get every call perfect it's just some semblance of consistency and I don't even know that it was you know sometimes I there I'm forewarning all of you out there and you as well Gord there will be shows on here where I am convinced the refs were biased against the Leafs I'm not saying that tonight I am I am not saying that it was just a complete and utter lack of of consistency um you know before uh, before we shine a little more light on Jack Campbell because I he was incredible tonight despite the the shots being you know you know far far more balanced in, in the Leafs favor I do want to talk about Morgan Riley I thought he had a strong game he showed a ton a ton of jump in that overtime and you know I just sometimes feel as though he is not the forgotten man because he's talked about a ton but we just think of that blue line as set now and he's just being such a crucial part of it you know he still may be the best blue liner on the team for for my money and I thought he really really comported himself well tonight
1: Oh, I I absolutely uh, agree, or whatever. But I, he is the best blue liner on the team, no question. It's funny, Adam Fox there, and then John, Adam Fox is an RFA, so that's a that's a different scenario. But in the in the case of um, Morgan Rielly is a UFA, and a lot was made on the weekend about John Klingberg of Dallas. That he's another guy that will be a UFA. There's not a lot of UFA defensemen out there. They're they're hot commodities. Alex Petrangelo two years ago, you saw what he got in Vegas what Dougie Hamilton got in New Jersey. Now, again, that is down the road. The hope is it's a great scenario, a great playoff run, and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, have what Morgan Riley wants to stay here. So I agree. I I love I, I love I this game tonight. I, 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 I Yeah, I just thought the big guns were the big guns. They just couldn't finish it. I just You just saw all that, and uh, I've always liked him as a leader, Morgan Riley, and um, and I was pleased with his play because uh, two years, ago or three or whatever it was he got his game to a certain level and it was just it was just a tier below norris trophy and he you know it's kind of not been quite there the last two seasons we've seen glimmers of it we know there's been injury issues but uh when he's going he can skate he can do all kinds of things
0: now, something we talked about—we were doing the game on on Saturday night—was the kind of minutes allocation to the defensemen, and I've got I've got the minutes up in front of me here. So Dermott and Sandine both finish at eleven minutes. uh, Sandine's eleven forty-six. Dermott's eleven twenty-two. Every other D is above twenty-two minutes or more. Now, maybe part of that is the three-on-three at the end. Obviously, you're only putting a handful of guys out there. Obviously, it's a tight game. But what what does that say to you about, or I guess, does that say anything to you about Sandine and, and Dermott, or is this simply just tight game? You're going to roll your big four.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think you're the same. I can't really remember. I mean, I know Dermot had a bad giveaway in the third period there, but I can't remember, like, I I was convinced that was.
0: I I was just going to say, I was was convinced that was going to end up in the back of the net, and, and that would have been the story of the game because we've seen that happen for him before in the playoffs. But yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Gordon.
1: Yeah, no, no, no sweat. I mean, because you're right. Those those gain way too much, like the Sergio Momesso shot through Alan Bester's legs way back when, <laughs> probably way before you were born. But it's what it's what people remember those playoff moments. So I think Brent, in this case, keep in mind Saturday they had a two nothing lead. So uh, yeah, so Sheldon Keefe was able to roll the D a little bit more and give them a little bit more ice time. You know, here they were down. Uh, then tied it and it was a a close game throughout. So I think maybe that's why the minutes were down a little bit less than Saturday, but at least it's not like five or six minutes, but uh, you know, but in this case, you you know, and they're not playing till Friday. They have, uh, they have, you know, three days off now. This is a pretty good gap in their schedule early on. So I think all those things he keeps in mind when he plays other guys, 22, 23 minutes.
0: Yeah, I do wonder if for a player like Matthews, he would have loved to have had the game Wednesday or Thursday. You know, he's been chomping at the bit trying to get in here, and then he gets in, he performs really well. Again, not finding the back of the net, but it just, you know, the layoff is going to be maybe more reassuring for everyone else, but for a guy like Matthews, I imagine it's going to feel like 10 days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's... uh, uh, yeah, again it's like the average person when they've been sick or something like that and they just try to get back to work and you're a little bit out of there his is different obviously you can work on uh the the uh aerobic and and others but it's not quite the same as game action but uh I'm I, I probably it's a good thing he gets 3 days off now uh I I would think just kind of get some practices in and had that one game under his belt. Uh again he was so gassed in overtime but I I you know we, we quickly go, okay, he's not in game shape, but I think it just was those shifts were kind of long, and that was just an incredible play, giving it his all. I don't know how Shusterkin kept it out, particularly, again, repeating what I said off the top, because it's just in our head, that second shot, and, and nor does Austin Matthews. That, that, that may be as outwardly emotionally he's been about missing, because he doesn't miss very often, but about you know missing what he felt should be a sure goal.
0: I really hope for his sake he's not sitting at 49 goals at the end of the season because that one's burned in his brain now until Friday. But it's going to creep back in if he ends up at 49 or just shy of that 50 goal mark that he's been always trying to fit. It's like that one feels like it's definitely going to stick, stick, stick in your craw. Uh, One last thing I wanted to get to before we hear from Lee's head coach, Sheldon Keefe, Jack Campbell. It's one thing to stand on your head and have the night you had for the Rangers when you're, you're facing nearly 40 shots. And that is a challenge in and of itself. But it is a completely different challenge and I'd argue maybe one just as tough to make the four or five big saves you need when you only face about 20 shots on any given night. And that's kind of the workload Campbell had. He faced 23 shots tonight, but he made some huge, huge saves. And I think, especially for a guy like Campbell, who does not have this track record, who's had these long experiences of being the guy, the starting goalie, it felt like that was really huge for him to be able to come through, not in a game where he has to make 50 saves, where he just has to make five big ones. And again, I know they lost, but he was tremendous. Well,
1: I wonder what the scoring chances are, Brent, because I know at the end he had a lot of scoring chances against. I love that the crowd now is chanting the Soupy name. That's kind of fun, uh, you know, a little, little bit different. It used to be Freddie, and now it's Soupy. Uh, so they're getting in and appreciating it. And uh, uh, you, again, you're, 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 you're right about that because even though out goaltended shots wise, when you look at it, uh, big saves, key saves. And 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 some key scoring chance saves late in the game to preserve that overtime tie and get them to overtime. I mean, I know, you know, the Leafs had some great chances on Shusterkin, but you're right, Jack Campbell, another solid effort tonight, and that's good to say because we're gonna have to, we're we're hoping to say it a lot. I I have no idea what the Peter Morazic situation is just initially. Uh, you know, you and I don't feel good about it hearing the type of injury and also adding to that knowing his history the last couple of years that that he's battled those type of things.
0: Yeah, they said at least two weeks, I believe, on Saturday night, and that that feels to me, again, you never know, but it could easily be the type of thing in two weeks where, yeah, it's another two weeks. Let's not uh, get our hopes up there. We hope that's not the case, but uh, obviously the way Jack Campbell played tonight, the Leafs aren't 2-2 in dire straits, especially with the long break. That's Gord Stellick. I'm Brent Gunning. Let's listen to Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe here on Leafs Nation postgame. Got
2: everything out of Austin
1: tonight but a goal.
2: Yeah, he played well. He was all over it. It was all around the net. 16 shot attempts. You know, Eight on net. <laughs> that keeps happening. They're going to go in, in in bunches. Did
1: you have a set, a set like, minute like, in your mind of like, how much you wanted to play him tonight or with sort of feel of, of
2: what? Yeah, I, I spoke with Austin this morning just about how he was feeling and just let him know that my intention was to just play him as I normally would. And uh, I think he was... His feedback was he expected no less, Uh, so that was that's what we did. Obviously, we had some really long power plays that that got his minutes up there really quickly, and then he probably could have done without overtime. But uh, you know, I think it's it's good for him to go through that tonight. We don't play again till Friday, you know. So I think it was the right way to go about it, just to make keep putting him out there, and get him to push through that, and. I said, I thought he was very effective throughout the game, despite the fact that naturally, you know, that would be a challenging night for him, from a conditioning perspective. What
0: did you think of how the power play looked?
2: I, I thought it looked good. I th- it generated chances. I think we, we want to be more dangerous. I think there's, you know, there's other layers and other steps we can get to. I thought we saw, like I expected with Austin's presence there today, it, uh, it changed some of, the, some of the dynamics and some of the looks and some of the options and how things flowed. And then we had so much zone time as well that you know the guys started moving around and and we got some of our best looks off of that so you know i thought that there was some positives there um needed to go in the net uh and obviously it could have made a huge difference for us today not just to obviously you know one more goal we win the game but just has a chance to really build positive momentum for us and you know i did that in terms of spending the time in the zone but you know, a power play needs to produce, and that's really what it comes down to. But it's a good, good first step here today, I think, for those guys with their first game action together with you know, with that alignment.
0: Two losses now, the goaltenders, and either on both or the other side
1: of stood their head more or less. So how can you guys move past that frustration, serving on? I don't
0: know if you're concerned with it, but it's still something to
2: pass. Yeah, I think that. I mean, getting frustrated is a waste of time. It's a, it's a useless emotion for us, especially in this early going. We've got to be encouraged by the fact we're generating as many looks as we are. Today is probably, you know, the most that we've generated uh, you know in the games thus far. It didn't go in for us. We're all over it. Goalie was good. Still think there's things that we can do differently and do better, you know, to make it harder on the goaltender. Uh, you know, but we generated more than enough offense to win the game today, but we didn't because we, we didn't get it over the line. That's it's the name of the game. How do you feel,
1: Richie, uh, fit in with, with Austin and Mitch there in terms of chemistry? Where are they
2: at? I'd have to watch it back closely to you know pick up little things like that. Um, but like I was like we were talking about here, Austin was all around it today. He generated a ton, so it's a sign to me that the line was working uh, well. For a guy like Richie, that'd be difficult to. You know, you're playing on that line, you know that you're going to have Austin and Mitch that are going to be kind of playing off of each other. And he's trying to f- find his place on the line and how that works. That's uh, that's something that takes some time. And then also one of the dangers that, you know, I spoke to the team a little bit tonight is just with with Austin being back The you know, the the natural uh um, the natural part of that comes with the fact that guys are going to start looking for him over passing and changing their game a little bit. We were just trying to talk to the guys about let's, let's just continue to do the things that we've done. Austin makes us a better team. But let's let's not uh, adjust or change too much. So I think that, but still, I could just sense it that all the players, whether it was Richie or the D who were on the ice, you guys are trying to find him. I mean, um, that kind of stuff. I think will sort itself out over time. <laughs> I've liked a lot of it about Mitch's game. I know it hasn't gone over the line. He's had he's had really good chances, but he's generated a ton. Again, uh, I'll reference Austin having as many opportunities and many looks as he did today. Um, Mitch is the facilitator in a lot of that. Uh, he's created a lot of scoring chances for us. He's had a number of chances himself. Uh, so I've liked a lot about his game. He's been very good in the penalty kill for us as well. So uh, lots of positives happening with him. I know that, you know, we haven't scored enough goals at 5-on-5 five five here as a team. Um, so we've got a number of players, I think, throughout our lineup that, uh, you know, we think can break out and then the offense can start to come. But we're not there yet, obviously, and, and that was the difference tonight. Three-on-three three is crazy. as you remember it, especially going into the sec- the last couple of minutes of it? Yeah, well, that was, I mean, they don't, they're not always as crazy as that. They don't always last as long as they did uh, today, but that was... That was fun. I mean, it would have been nice to, to see it go in. We clearly had our own chances, didn't go in, and then that's the nature of overtime. The other team's going to get their chance and went in for them. The
0: energy of the building just not overtime, it felt
1: kind of
2: null. Yeah, it did. And, and I mean, it's, maybe it's just been because it's, it's been so long for me, but it just, that was whether it was, you know, the way they're getting behind Supi and, and his saves and, energy in the building through that overtime and the different parts like the Morgan Riley shop block and things like that. There is the Leafs head coach, Sheldon
0: Keefe-Gord. Always tons of fun doing the post game with you. We'll be back Friday night, back down at the rink. Early puck drop, 6 o'clock against the Sharks. The Leafs will be looking for a bounce back after their 2-1 overtime loss at home against the Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Leafs Nation post game.